Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another Stone and Tile show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and uh, if I sound a little tired today, it's just because I came off a two-hour inspection, uh, which is say, well, that's not a lot of time, but it took me four hours to get there, two hours to do the inspection, and four hours to drive back. So I did more driving today than I actually did. But interesting enough, this inspection today happened to be another blue stain mystery. Now, if you were listening last week, I had mentioned that in the Slippery Rock Gazette coming up here in May, I believe, the maze issue. We're going to talk about a mystery blue stain that occurred on the stone. This was another one of those blue stains, which I am not going to reveal quite yet. We're going to wait another couple of shows till after that article appears. Uh, I will give you what the stain is come June's edition of the Slippery Rock Gazette, but you'll probably get a preview of it here on the Stone and Tile show. Also, I published my second video blog. If anyone wants to uh, subscribe to that video blog, it's on YouTube. Uh, I don't have the link here in front of me, but if you go ahead and send me an email, which is fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com, I'll be more than happy to email you that uh, that link so you subscribe to that video blog. And basically, uh, what I'm, I'm going to be doing, you know, obviously here on the radio, I can't show you certain things, but the video blog is more of a show and tell. I can show you pieces of stone. The last video blog was an issue we had with some fillers with some shell stones, so I talked about how to darken those fillers down, etc. So you might want to go ahead and take a look at that video blog. Also, I will announce again uh, the seminar coming up here in June in Florida, June 17th through 20th. I am doing another stone and tile inspection and troubleshooting class. Anyone interested in that class? I'm going to take a few seconds here, a few minutes, and go over what's covered, because I have a lot of people asking me, you know, Fred, what exactly do you do you cover? First of all, I, I call it a stone and tile inspection and troubleshooting class because quite honestly a lot of the people that take this class don't take it just for the inspection side of it they take it for the troubleshooting aspect so if you're a fabricator an installer a restoration contractor this seminar is really a lot of great information that can help you in those particular respective respective fields regardless of whether you do inspections or not simply because part of what you do is inspection you know, as a fabricator, you go into a house, you're going to inspect the area, uh, template it properly, that's part of inspection. As a restoration contractor, you're going in to restore a floor or countertop, you have to inspect it first. And the same with installers, you have to ex- inspect the substrate or whatever. So those are the type of things we cover. Let me just kind of go through the list here real quick. Um, we cover, obviously, failures. We cover uh, the investigation process, which I've actually gone over here a little bit on the radio and given you a, a little bit of teaser. The types of failures. We spend a lot of time on you know, bonding issues, efflorescence, uh, staining, which we're going to cover today, by the way. Today's show is going to be on stain removal. Uh, in the inspection procedures, of course. We talk a little bit about geology, and we don't get too technical. I mean, I'm not going to turn everybody into geologists, but there are some important things you need to know when it comes to identifying not only stone types, but uh, tile types, lookalike materials, 
uh, odd materials that you might not see every single day, and some of the what we call lookalikes, the, the fake material out there, the, the faux finishes, if you will, uh, that are, are out there that mimic stone. We tell you how to go about that. Then we talk about substrates. And substrates are very important when it comes to inspecting anything, whether it's a countertop, whether it's a floor, whether it's a wall. I looked at a project uh, last week where uh, someone installed tile on a shower and virtually no substrate there. I mean, we had metal studs. They put up a sheet of drywall and they attached it directly to that, not even waterproof. So very important. So we look at concrete slabs. We look at the type of concrete slabs that are out there. Uh, we talk a little bit about how Portland cement uh, cures, which is very important when it comes to slab-on-grade installations. We look at tile installation failures. Uh, maybe it's a substrate. Maybe it's not the, the tile failing or the stone failing. Maybe it's the substrate itself. And then we look at wood substrates as well. Talk a little bit about quarrying. Don't spend a lot of time there, but a lot of things that happen in the quarry can be directly related to what happens in the field. So we, we, we prepare you for that as well. Uh, a little bit of uh, essential stone care chemistry, which we'll go into here a little bit. Uh, when I talk about stains, and then obviously we talk about stain removal from, from an inspection standpoint. I mean, we also talk about how to remove them, but it's, this is not a restoration seminar. We're not going to give you the how-to, so to speak. That's what other seminars are designed to do, and that's what this show is designed to do. But we talk about you know, how to look at it, how to identify the stain, and we'll talk a lot about that here on today's show. Uh, sealers and sealing, uh, consolidants, impregnators, penetrating sealers. Uh, do we, you know, do we impregnate? Do we coat? Whatever. Uh, we spend a lot of time on issues related to moisture, uh, sounding tests, testing for salts, um, you know, the reliability of some of these sounding tests. And I think we've discussed that here on the show also. You know, the RH versus the dome test, the calcium chloride test. You might be familiar with uh, slip and fall cases. Um, uh, you know, what is COF, how to measure slip resistance, the latest uh, advances there. We talk about treated stone, in other words, your dyed stone, your doctored stone, your resin stone. We also get into writing an effective technical report. And this is especially true if you guys are going to get involved as an expert witness. And I cover that as well. We cover and actually I think I did a show on that a couple of weeks ago on how to be an expert how to be an expert witness, but we cover that a lot. There's lots of forms, it comes with a manual, it comes with a handout. The great thing about the live classes is we take one of the days, it's a Monday through Thursday class, and one of the days we actually go out in the field and we look at live cases. We look at cracks, we look at spalling look at all these different things. So the class size is limited. I'm only taking 10 people, and people are already signing up. I've got one company that may want to send four people, so it's going to fill up really quick. I'd advise that you send me an email if you want to register. If you want to send a deposit and not pay for it in full, that's fine. Just send me a deposit to secure your secure your uh, your place in that class. My phone number, not the call-in phone number now, but my cell phone number is 321-514-6845. Uh, if you want to give me a call, if you want to register, that's great. Uh, if you want to send me an email, the email address is fhuston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. Okay, now on to what this show is all about, and that is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about stain removal. Um, before I do, let me give out the call-in phone number. If anybody has any questions, not only on stain removal, but anything related, stone and tile, maybe a topic I didn't cover enough, or you had a, a question on a topic that I covered uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week, fine, and give me a call. This is the call-in number to call in now, which is 323 
323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. If you'd like to jump on Messenger on my Facebook page and send me a message that way, that's fine. You can send me an email. I have my cell phone right here. I've got the emails opened up on the other computer. Um, so go ahead and send me an email again, fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N, at gmail.com, and we'll answer it here as well. And, and if you're listening to the archives and you're not listening to the show live, feel free to send me an email with your question, and we'll pick it up. I'll answer it for you in the email, obviously, but I'll pick it up in more detail uh, on the show on the show here as well. All right. I know I've covered this topic before. We've covered stain removal, but I think it's time to cover it again because it's been over a year. Actually, it was one of the first shows that I did back in April of last year. And here, it would be kind of interesting to um, to recover this again and perhaps cover a few more things that I may not have covered in, the, in that show. So if you've got any particular questions, uh, feel free to call an email or, or message me. Um, some of the, the, the mo- I guess the most important thing before we talk about state removal, and the number one rule that I give everybody in my classes, I've done this throughout the years, and my fabrication training and restoration training as well, is knowing what caused the stain. And a lot of times that's not easy to do, and we're going to go over how to do that in a second. But uh, the best way to illustrate this is to is to explain some certain stories that I've run into, or certain stains I've run into, where you know investigation really came into play to figure out where that stain came from. And I remember one customer one time called me, and they had a a stain in a corner of their house, and it was a white marble floor, and it was this dark gray stain. And she called and she said, the interesting thing is the stain occurs, it disappears, and it comes back again. So I started asking some questions as to, you know, what what time of day does it go away? What time of day does it come back? Because what I'm thinking, I'm thinking moisture. I'm thinking there's a moisture issue there. You know, maybe they have a, an issue with, you know, a, a roof leak. Uh, I've had instances where houses that are actually on the intercoastal waterway or near water where the water comes up. And when water comes up in a lake or river or any nearby water, what tends to happen is the groundwater also comes up. And when that happens, you especially if you have a vapor barrier – and that vapor barrier is, is compromised, it can actually push water up into the stone. I actually had a call about that just this morning uh, with someone that had some, an efflorescence problem that w- was occurring uh, when it rained real heavily. So, you know, things like that can happen. That's where the investigation process comes in. So anyway, this particular project got my curiosity, and I went out there to look at this floor, and it happened to be in the corner of the house when I got there. And there was no stain there at that point. So I looked real closely at the stone. I stuck a microscope on it because if, if a stone continues to get wet and dry out, like wet, dry out, wet, and dry out, what will tend to happen is it will start showing signs of spalling. And for those of you who don't know what spalling is, that's where the stone actually starts pitting. Uh, you'll, you'll see little, little flakes lifting up off the stone or little tiny pits. And the stone looked perfect. I mean, there was no pitting, no spalling uh, that occurred whatsoever. So I started talking. You know, I'm looking at the spot. I'm talking to the lady and trying to figure out what's going on. And I look out in her backyard, and she has these two Labrador retrievers that are jumping in the swimming pool and jumping out of the swimming pool. And all of a sudden, a little light bulb goes off on top of my head, and, and you know, I said, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Jones, I said, uh, can I ask, are those dogs outdoor dogs? Are they are they inside? She goes, oh no, they they go outside, they swim during the day, and and they come in from time to time. And I said, where do they lay down when they come in? And she goes, well, one lays there, and then she pointed to the area where the stain was, and she said, one lays right there. 
Well, there was our answer. What would happen? The dog would come in, lay there. Of course, it's wet. It would soak into the stone, and the dog would leave, and you would have a wet spot. And that's what the gray stain was that she that she saw. So uh, just you know, it's kind of a funny example, but there's all kinds of examples out there like that where you really have to investigate to determine it. Now, you could have a stain that is a permanent stain, and what I mean by a permanent stain, it doesn't disappear like this one did and the example i can think of is many years ago i had a lobby again white marble floor and had a bright blue stain in the corner and it was one of these lobbies where you know there was an elevator lobby and way over in the corner was this blue stain but nothing was there there was no doorway there was no traffic pattern there was nothing in this corner but this bright blue stain now this is not the type of blue stain that i'm going to reveal and the Slippery Rock Gazette with the Stone Detective were on the show, but it's a different type of blue stain. Uh, so don't think that that's the answer to the blue stain dilemma or a mystery. It's not. Uh, but in this case, it was sort of a mystery because where did this blue stain come from? So the first thing you want to do, obviously, is to test it. And there's certain things you can do to test the stain, which we're going to go over here in a second. But the first thing you want to do is to just look around. You know, what, what, where could this stain be coming from? Uh, I've seen green, stain, green stains occur from copper dripping down off a, a roof line, for example, that has copper gutters or a copper roof or some somewhere where there's copper up there. You can get that, that greenish discoloration. But in this case, this was inside. So we didn't have a leak in the roof. I looked at that. So I'm thinking, well, maybe something's under the tile in this particular area. But it didn't look like that. It didn't look like, you know, usually when something's coming up, from the bottom of the tile up. It's a very deep stain, and it looks deep. This looked like it was on the surface. And I start looking around, and I noticed a plant in the far corner, you know, about 20, 30 feet away at a far corner. And I said to the, the, the maintenance guy that I was that, that called me in, I said, was that plant ever over here? And I pointed to the blue stain area. He goes, yeah. He goes, we, we moved that, you know, a while ago, but, it, yeah, it used to sit right there. And I said, oh, well, I know what that stain is. It's plant food, and if any of you have indoor plants, you can buy that, you know, you buy that uh, miracle Grow or Peter's Plant Food, whatever it's called. It's a little blue crystal. It's got a really high blue dye concentration in it, and when you water the plants, and especially if you overwater the plants, that dye soaks into the stone. So bingo. Uh, by knowing what that stain was, I was able to go to a stain chart and figure out what the stain was. So... That brings me to the type of stains that there are. Now, in my book, Stain Removal Guide, uh, the Natural Stone Institute has a has a section with a stain removal guide. Uh, the Stone and Tile Pros has one. You can find them. Just Google stain removal chart. You'll find tons of them on there. Um, you, you can get 100 different stains, and it'll tell you exactly what to do. But what I'm going to do for you, I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to break it down into three basic stain types. Actually, one's a subcategory sub one, but for our purposes, we're going to discuss called an organic stain. And what an organic stain means that it is a once living material. So this would be basically any of your food stains, you know, ketchup, spaghetti sauce, wine, red wine, obviously they're from grapes. Those are all organic-based stains. And what will react with organic-based stains is hydrogen peroxide. Now, this is where you need to be careful because I get, I get consumer questions all the time, and I mention, well, you need to make a poultice and you need to put some hydrogen peroxide, and the first thing they do is they run out to the drugstore and they buy hydrogen peroxide. Wrong. 
you don't want to use that hydrogen peroxide. It's a very, very weak hydrogen peroxide, and it's probably going to do nothing to the stain, unless the stain is really, really light and just sitting on the surface. Uh, but you want to use a really strong solution of hydrogen peroxide. Where do you buy it? Well, you can go to a chemical supply if you can find one. Uh, you, can, if you, you can't find them in, in small quantities, but if you go to a beauty supply, a beauty supply house uses what is called hair developer. It comes in a 20 volume, it comes in a 30 and a 40 volume, it comes in a cream and it comes in a clear. Uh, I like using the clear, but you can use the, the cream as, as well. Uh, it really it really doesn't matter. It's, it's a peroxide. Some of it is a little acidic, so if you're going to use it on a marble floor or marble countertop, you'll probably get a little bit of an etch, but that's the strength hydrogen peroxide you use. I like using the 20 volume uh, peroxide, so going to, we have Sally's Beauty Supply here. If you go down into Sally's, uh, you, can, you can buy that, and I buy it by the gallon, and it's relatively inexpensive. The second type is what we call our inorganic stains, and inorganic stains are primarily your metals. So that would be your rust, your iron stains, your copper stains, your bronze stains, your aluminum stains, anything that's, that's basically metal-based non-living is an organic material. For that, there are several chemicals you can use, and you can you know, look in the stain charts and, and you know, look at the exact chemical, but the chemical I like to use for uh, iron, any, any kind of metal-based stains is iron out. You know, go into your Lowe's, your Home Depot, and you know, see if you can find uh, iron out. It's usually in the soft water where the water softeners are. Uh, section because it's used to removing rust out of water softeners. That works really well. It's a powder. Sometimes I'll use that straight with just a little bit of water and mix it into a slurry and see if it'll it'll react with the iron. Other times uh, you have, may have to mix it into a poultice, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. That third type of stain is really a subcategory of the organic stain because it is an organic stain, but it's what we call an actively living stain. These would be the third type of stain being your biological stain. A biological stain is your mold, your mildews, your lichens, your fungus, uh, algae. Those are all living stains. And the best thing to remove those is, guess what, because they're organic, go back to your peroxide again. Now, you could use bleach. You could use a high concentration of chlorine. Uh, I'll sometimes use that as a test, you know, put a little drop of it on there, see if it reacts. And I know it's, it's an active biological stain. Um, but you want to be careful with, with bleach and chlorine on certain stone types because it can actually act to uh, oxidize iron, and you could end up with a, a yellow stain or, or a, rust stain, a rust stain in there. So those are your three basic types of stain, organic, inorganic, and biological, biological stains. All right, so in order to remove a stain, the best way to look at this is called the reversal process. What happens when stone stains, or, or if you want to say not even stone, you could say a sponge, because that's what stone is basically. It's a sponge. Some are more porous than others. But let's take an example. Let's take you, say you take a sponge and you mix some you know, Kool-Aid up and you mix it really, really strong and you pour it on the sponge and you let that sponge dry. What do you end up with? You end up with a red stain. So what happens is the carrier in this case is the water for the stain. The water evaporates away and what's left behind is a dye. So this is how stone stains. A dye is actually being carried into it by some type of a solvent. A solvent may be water. It could be a, you know, a non-water-based solvent, acetone, alcohol, uh, you know, mineral spirits or whatever, and that evaporates away and you're left with a dye behind. In order to remove that stain, what you have to do 
is re-emulsify that stain either by adding the original uh, solvent, whether it be water or, or, or the solvent, and uh, then applying something to draw it out with. And that's what the poultice is. The poultice is a drawing agent. Uh, for those of you that might remember, I know growing up as a kid, and I'm probably going to age myself, we used to get these toothaches, these abscess toothaches, and we'd go into the drugstore, and you'd buy these little packs that you would put between your gum and your, and your cheek, and that, that's called a poultice. Um, the Indians used to use mud as a poultice on bee stings to help draw out the, the, the bee venom. So what we're doing is we're taking an absorbent material. We're mixing it with a solvent of some kind, and we're placing that on top of the stain. And what will happen once we mix this, and I'll describe how we're going to do this in detail, is that solvent will go down, react with the stain, hopefully, re-emulsify it, and as the poultice is drying, very important, as it's drying, it'll suck up that stain into the poultice, hopefully, and it may take, take several applications. So what type of powders do you use? I mean, what kind of absorbent powder? Almost anything will work. You can use some of the commercial available poultices that all the distributors sell are clay-based or adipelagate clays. Uh, you could use talc. You could use chalk. Uh, you could use diatomaceous earth, which is one of my favorites. I've, I've been known to use flour in a pinch. When I get customers that call with an oil stain all the time, I'll say, you know, go to your, your cupboard and get some, you know, bleached flour out, mix it with a little bit of Dawn detergent, make sure it's the white Dawn, the clear Dawn, not the blue Dawn, because if I have people turn their countertops blue with Dawn dish detergent and add some water and mix it into a poultice, what I'm going to describe here in a second, and, and apply it. So um, flour will, will work as well. I've used paper. I've used paper towels. I've used cotton balls, uh, gauze pads, etc. So Anything that's absorbent will work. Again, my favorite is diatomaceous earth. It's uh, For those of you that don't know what that is, you can buy that in uh, your farm supply stores, uh, you get swimming pool supplies, because diatomaceous earth is used as a filter media for a lot of pool filters. Uh, I was just in, I think it was Home Depot or Lowe's also carries it. Um, it it's pretty readily, readily available. Um, all right, so... In removing the stain, let's go step by step. You know, what do we do with that stain? The first thing we want to do is identify it. Because if we don't identify the stain and we choose the wrong chemical, we could actually what we call set the stain. In other words, make it permanent. And I've seen this happen again and again and again. So, you know, how do you go about identifying the stain? Well, sometimes it's not as simple as I described in the story here when I first started the show here, uh, but just ask, you know, ask, start asking some questions. Look for clues, you know, look at the, the odor, the pattern of the stain, where the stain's occurring. You know, if it, it's in front of a refrigerator in someone's house and it's red, you know, chances are they dropped a bottle of ketchup, a tomato or something, something of that nature. If it's a brown stain, is there a coffee pot nearby? You know, just, you know, use some common sense. Just, you know, sit back, take a look at things. Uh, if it's if you suspect it might be rust, uh, there's a, a good product out there as a indicator, and that's a, a it happens to be by Alpha Professional Tools called RSR, which stands for Rust Stain Removal 2000. It's a little gel, and you just place that little gel on the on the suspected rust stain. Give it a minute or two. If it turns purple, it's a positive indication for rust. Now, sometimes that will actually remove the rust. Sometimes it won't, but I happen to use that product more as an indicator for rust. So if you see a brown stain, you suspect there's rust, you know, it's not going to hurt anything to put a dot of that on that and see if it turns purple. If it turns purple, you know you have rust. So once you have the stain identified, the second thing you want to do is clean it. 
you know, take some take some neutral cleaner. Uh, I like using acetone or alcohol. Wipe it up. See if you can get it off the surface. I've had many stains where customers have complained they were they were afraid to touch it, and I go out there and just wipe it right off with some acetone. So, um, um, you know, that that would be the first thing you do. Uh, obviously, if there's a coating on the stone, you want to remove the coating. Now, this next step is extremely important, and a lot of people forget to do this, and that is to pre-wet the stain. Let's go back to our sponge example. We have our big sponge. We put our Kool-Aid on there. The Kool-Aid, the water evaporated away, and now we have this red dye. Now, let's pretend we take this poultice, and this poultice has, you know, whatever chemical it has in it, and we place it on the, on the stone, on the sponge. What's going to happen? It's going to suck all that moisture out of the poultice into the sponge, not only where the stain is, but all through the sponge, and possibly if there's enough of it on there, it'll wet the entire sponge. Well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to wet. We don't want that, that chemical, that solvent that we're going to use to go all through the sponge or the stone. Uh, we want it to, to be right there, right where the stain is. So by wetting the stone, you fill the pores up. An example, this example with our sponge, we fill the pores up, we wet the sponge first, and then we put our chemical on there. Now as the sponge is starting to dry out or as the stone is starting to dry out, that material that you have, whatever chemical you used in the poultice, slowly starts soaking into the stone around that stain, which gives it more dwell time, more time for it to react you know, with the dye. So that's very important. Don't forget that pre-wet the stone first. Uh, prepare the poultice. Uh, take your, you know, your powder. Take your chemical of choice. Mix it in there. Mix it into a, you know, I like to say like almost like a creamy peanut butter type consistency. Not too wet, not too dry. Apply it. Overlap it by a couple of inches. Cover the poultice with a piece of plastic. I like using saran wrap. I tape it down with some blue tape. And then I just puncture some holes in it. The reason we cover it is important. And again, this is going to depend on where you are. Uh, in certain environments, if it's a very humid environment, like someone's outdoor barbecue in, in Florida, we really wouldn't need to cover it because it's so moist. The humidity is high here. But you, in a dry area like you know Arizona or somewhere where it's very dry, you want to cover it. What that does is it allows... It gives it more dwell time again, so it's not evaporating too quick. But if you completely cover it and you seal it up without poking holes in the in the plastic, it may never dry. So you want to you want to slow the drying drying down is what we're talking about. And then after about a 12 to 24 hour period, go in there, scrape it up, see if you've got uh, the stain being removed. Now, the biggest problem we run into is that you know you start out. Let's say your stain is about the size of a quarter and you apply the poultice and you overlap it, say, about it by an inch, and you come back the next day and you remove the poultice is dry, you remove the poultice, and now your stain is bigger. Well, the stain may not be bigger. It just simply might mean that the stone has soaked up all that solvent that you've used, into, or it could be water-based, into the stone. It hasn't quite dried out yet. The best way to solve that problem is to, once you remove that poultice, is to sprinkle some dry powder on top of it, you know, put some dry diatomaceous earth or flour, whatever you're using, without the chemical in it, just dry, and let that sit for a while, you know, say overnight again, and any excess moisture that will that that's in that in that stone will be sucked back back out again. So that's basically what your what your um, what your stain removal is all about. Now you may ask, what do we do with a stain that we have no idea what the stain is? And uh, in the manual that you get with the class is actually a pretty detailed 
a step-by-step procedure for removing an unknown stain. But the best way to do is to take some peroxide, take a solvent, you know, uh, mineral spirits, acetone or something like that, and also take um, uh, maybe some some bleach or something, and or iron out, I'm sorry, iron out in water, and just put little tiny poultices, maybe about the size of a dime, as a test, and let them sit overnight and see which one worked. And guess what? Whatever one worked is the one you use, you know, really simple. Uh, I would not seal the stone with anything until you know the stain is gone. And speaking of which, sealers can be a problem too because if someone goes ahead and seals the stone first and then the stain, uh, they seal a stain into the stone, uh, you may have an issue. You may have to go in there and try to, try to remove the sealer, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, there are chemicals out there that will remove them. Uh, you can flood that area with uh, you know, some mineral spirits or some acetone and try to remove as much as you can and then apply your poultice. That works as well. All right. The phone number here to call in if you have any questions is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. Eight seven zero three nine six eight. I'd be more than happy to answer your question. It doesn't have to be about stone removal; it could be anything related uh, to stone or tile. Or if you'd like, rather send me an email. It's f houston f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com. Or again, on my Facebook page, uh, Stone Forensics. You can send it to me instant messenger. Uh, by the way, um, I do have a, and I know I've mentioned this uh, for your regular viewers out there, but for those listening uh, for the first time. And by the way. I'm getting a lot of listeners. Uh, I think to date I've had over 4,000 or close to 4,000 unique listeners to this show, so we are growing. Uh, we're going to have a lot of interesting uh, interviews coming up, and if anyone's out there listening that wants to be interviewed, again, drop me an email. I'll be more than happy to uh, uh, set you up for an interview, especially if you have something to share uh, with the Stone and Tile, Stone and Tile audience. All right, since I have no questions, I think I'm going to wrap things up for this week, a uh, short show. and. I'm about ready to get some rest after that long trip I had today. But again, I'll I'll remind you if you want to attend that seminar this June 17th through the 20th uh, in Florida. It's just outside of Orlando in a town called DeBerry, Florida. Uh, it's going to be in Health the Stone and Tile School. Please call me because a class will get filled. And I won't take any more. I, I don't like a crowded class. I like to, uh, you know, keep it down around 10 people or, or less, uh, simply because it, it makes it more one-on-one. -on -one, get to answer everybody's questions. So, go ahead and give me give me a holler. Send me an email on that. Uh, in the meantime, we'll uh, see everybody next week with another interesting topic. And everyone have a great week. This is Fred Houston with the Stone and Tile Show. Mm -hmm.